Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Christ in Me with Addie, where we seek to live out a John 3.30 life. John 3.30 says he must become greater and greater and I less and less. Let's be real. In today's world, it can seem impossible to live out what the Bible calls us to do. Not only can it be hard to understand sometimes, but finding the time to read the Bible, to understand the Bible, to know the Bible, it can just be overwhelming. So I created this podcast so we could walk alongside each other, share some of our stories and struggles, but also where the Lord is bringing us so that we can encourage one another and stay rooted in His Word. It's my prayer that you walk away from each episode saying, I know that that is Christ in me. I know Christ in me. So let's get into today's topic. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Christ and Me with Addie. We are on episode episode four. We are on a roll, guys, and I hope you all are having as much fun and learning as much as I am because deep diving into these topics each week has really been encouraging my faith and teaching me new things each time I dive in a little deeper. So I really hope that's what you guys are gaining from this as well. On today's episode, I'm really excited about this topic. We're going to be talking about prayer. Does prayer really work? I think that's a question that all believers wrestle with at some point in their faith walk. Have you ever wondered if God really does hear your prayer? Have you ever prayed a prayer and felt like God was just unsilent? Have you ever prayed something and the situation did not go how you had hoped? So what is the point of prayer? In this episode, we will define what prayer is, what really happens when we pray to the Lord, and then I will provide some simple prayer tips to help you in your prayer time with the Lord. So what is prayer? In its simplest form, prayer is simply just staying in communication with God, and that can look like talking to Him while you do the dishes, maybe spending time with Him in His presence, taking a walk through through nature and just admiring His creation, or it could be just drawing near to Him, maybe through a worship song or um, in fellowship among Christian friends. Prayer can sometimes become, but shouldn't always be just going to God because we want something. I don't know if you've ever been in a friendship like this, but I've experienced a friendship before where they just seemed to come around when they needed something from me. And so it felt very one-sided at times. But luckily, God isn't human. He doesn't get frustrated by those things. And He's He just wants to hear from us. But to have a true relationship that isn't one-sided, it isn't just about saying, hey, I need this. Like Imagine going to your friend and saying like, hey, I need you to, to do this for me next time I see you and never saying anything like, Hey, it was really good to see you. You know, thank you for having such, such an awesome heart. Imagine having a friendship that was only needs based. Luckily, God doesn't just need something from us. He, he wants, he wants to be with us and he wants us to want to be with him. So the main purpose for prayer is to express adoration and thanks to God, meaning just expressing the depth of His glory while thanking Him for His abundant love, mercy, and grace. We can also make requests to Him. We can intercede for others, which just basically means to pray on behalf of others. And we also learn more about God and His character and His will for His lives as we pray with Him, or pray to Him, I should say. Prayer is described in scripture as seeking God's favor in Exodus 32, 11, 
pouring out one's soul to the Lord in 1 Samuel 1.15, crying out to heaven in 2 Chronicles 32.20, drawing near to God, Psalm 73.28, and kneeling before the Father in Ephesians 3.14. Now, I want to state just because it says kneeling before the Father there, that can mean physically kneeling, but that's not to say that you have to physically kneel for your prayers to be accepted or heard or, or valid, nothing like that. Kneeling can be physically before the Lord, but it's also a reflection of our heart. Are we knelt before the Lord humbly um, submitting to Him and His will in our lives? So I remember the first time at Bible study, uh, the first time I went to a, a group Bible study, I was so intimidated by prayer and especially group prayer. I was so scared to pray in front of others because I didn't know the right things to say. But truly, prayer is merely just a reflection of your relationship with the Lord. So truly, the reason I was so scared to pray out loud is because it's not something that I did often with God. It's not something that I had ingrained into my faith walk yet. So really, your prayer life is a reflection of your relationship with God. When you talk to God oft, often, it's it's not that hard to do it in a group setting then, you know, maybe some people are more private. I, I get that. But even me being a natural introvert, because I had established a, a relationship with God, talking to Him in front of others didn't seem difficult when I talked to Him frequently, even in private. So it grows and strengthens over time, your prayer life, as you continue to draw closer to Him. As I strengthened my relationship with God, praying to Him in private or in public just became like second nature. Next, let's talk about the power of prayer. Where does it come from? Do we have the power? Does God have the power? Does the universe have the power? So uh, do we have more power if we like use a candle when we pray? Or is there more power in our prayer if we pray over beats? So let's define that. The power of prayer comes from God and God alone, because it's through Him that all things are possible, as stated in Matthew 19.26. We do not have any inherent power on our own as humans, and this is a huge reason why the power the popular trend of manifesting is actually the opposite of prayer. I'm going to say that again because it's really trendy right now, but we have to be careful. Manifesting is literally the opposite of prayer. So I'm going to explain that. When you're manifesting, you're speaking something into existence. You, by your own, uh, your own uh, motives, are trying to make something happen by saying it with repetition and positive vibes. Um, but prayer is the opposite. You're asking God for His will to be done. You're submitting to His will, and you're recognizing that you don't have any power in your own self. You know, you can say things a million times over, but it's still up to God whether or not He wants to bring that into your life. So prayer and manifesting are not the same thing. And if you've been engaged in manifesting, I would really recommend just praying to God in repentance and saying, Lord, um, I, I submit that only you and you alone have the power to bring things into fruition in my life. So now that we've defined prayer, let's talk about why we even have the opportunity to pray. So in the Old Testament, people were not living under the new covenant. A covenant is a promise, but it's not just any promise. It's an unbreakable promise from and with God. So the new covenant that we now live under is because of Jesus's sacrifice for us on the cross. In the Old Testament, people had to atone for their sins, which kind of meant like they had to pay a price for their sins to be right before God. 
This typically required sacrificing an animal, and their blood paid the atonement for their sin. As read in Colossians 1.14, when Jesus willingly went to the cross for us, His blood paid the price for all of our sins. So it says that His blood paid the price for all of our sins and made us free. But what did He make us free to do? He made us free to be right before God so that we can come before God in prayer. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities, or sins, have made a separation between you and God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. Because of Jesus, His death that resulted in the new covenant between us and God, the veil that hid God's face from us as sinners was torn. And that's mentioned in Matthew 27, 51, Mark 15, 38, and Luke 23, 45. With that veil being removed, God's presence never can and never will leave us. What a beautiful picture. It's because of God's great mercy and the love of Jesus that He has for us that we are blessed with the opportunity to pray to our Heavenly Father who is so available to us. So if you've ever wondered if God really does hear your prayer, He does. Because of Jesus, He hears and He is available to us. I know sometimes prayer can feel like a chore or sometimes we are so overwhelmed by our circumstances or situation that prayer seems tedious. Or maybe sometimes we're just so overwhelmed, we just want to sit in silence and not have to do anything. But truly, prayer is one of the greatest gifts that we have and one of the best things we can do for our hearts when we're feeling overwhelmed. Something to recognize as well is that prayer requires recognition of the Holy Trinity. The Trinity is God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, our divine helper. The Holy Spirit helps us in our prayers as a direct connection to the Father living within us. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So even when we don't know what to pray, when we're so overwhelmed, when we can't even formulate the words out of our exhaustion or depression or anxiety— If we rely on the Spirit and not ourselves, He can read our hearts, our minds, and intercede to God for us when our pains are too great to summon to words. Scripture tells us we are able to pray in the power of Jesus' name as well. He gives us the authority to claim things in His name. So I don't know if you've ever had a friend who lets you like name drop them. Maybe they have like an inn at a fancy restaurant. They help you get the reservation or maybe they have like cool box seat tickets somewhere and you can name drop them to score those. Jesus is the ultimate name drop that we get to use. So John 16, 23 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, and these are the words of Jesus, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Which brings us to our next question. If it's written, whatever you ask of the Father, he will give to you, then why do some of our prayers seemingly go unanswered? First and foremost, Let's get this this out there in the open. God does answer every single prayer we pray. But know, wait, listen, and yield are all still answers. But how often do we pray expecting a yes? And unfortunately for many, they begin to doubt the goodness of God by His lack of yes. But God's goodness isn't contingent on our content with Him. Like a loving father, he's still going to do what he knows is best for us and not just what we want and demand. 
For all the moms out there, think of how many times your child has just demanded that you give them something, more candy or a toy. And you know that that's not what they need right now. You're going to do what's best for them so they don't become spoiled and rotten and selfish. God always works things out for our good and His glory. He does give us everything we ask. However, it's not always in the form we can comprehend or that we would have originally wanted, but it's always, again, I'm going to say it again, for our good and His glory. He works out all things for the good. Prayer gives us a direct line to an almighty God. And I think a lot of times we don't give God the benefit of the doubt. We're quick to assume the worst of Him, and it's terrible because He is a good God. He's an almighty God, and we should expect almighty results. Whether or not He chooses to deny or grant our requests, He's still there for us, and He's still listening, and He's still working. No matter how He answers our prayers, God Almighty is the source of the power of prayer, and He can and He will answer us according to His perfect will and perfect timing. I really love this quote. It's from a 2014 film, Frank versus God, and it's kind of a trending like TikTok sound right now. Um, but this quote like really hit home because I feel like it paints the picture of this beautifully about how we can pray something, but God can answer it in a different way that still answers our prayer, but it might not be how we expected. And the quote goes like this: I asked for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for courage, and God gave me dangers to overcome. I asked for love, and God gave me troubled people to help. My prayers were answered. Our prayers aren't always answered the way we hope, but they are always answered. True faith is trust that God is working even when things seem difficult and painful. I was DMing a woman a few days ago, and she asked me to pray for her because her four-year-old son had drowned in a freak accident over the summer. I was astounded by her faith because even through DM, I could tell that despite her deepest grief as a mother who lost a child, she was seeking healing prayers and intercession, and she was trusting in the faithfulness of God. I can only hope that if I face something even half as heartbreaking as that in my life, that my heart is still postured to trust God. We live in a broken world, and God doesn't want us to experience, experience pain, but what He does promise us is that He's still there with us during our deepest pain. Jesus exemplifies this extraordinarily in Luke twenty-two forty-two. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and He was awaiting His arrest knowing that he would be crucified in just days. Being the son of God, he knew the great pain, suffering, and mourning that was ahead of him. But he said, God, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was basically asking God if there was any other way for his will to be done. But ultimately, he said no matter what he faced, he would walk in obedience to the Father's will. I feel so deeply for Jesus here because I think it's because of God's great mercy that we are not burdened with knowing exactly what the future holds, but rather uh, we get to sit in this blissful ignorance and just trust in the plan and care of God. Jesus didn't have that. He knew exactly what was ahead, but unlike 
those who did not walk in perfect obedience to the Father, like David who ran, or Jonah who ran, and so many other biblical men and women in history. Jesus was perfect. He did not run. And instead, he marched to the cross for us, trusting that the Lord was answering his prayer and that he was completing the Father's perfect will. This is a bit of a personal story, but before I was truly a Christian, um, I was still living a really, really worldly life. I said I was Christian, but to be honest, I just wasn't willing to give up the things um, that I knew I needed to in order to follow Jesus. During that time, I would often pray with a prideful a prideful expectation instead of true willingness to submit to the Lord's will over my own selfish desires. I basically gave God um, a prayer, but it was a prayer that was contingent. It was kind of like a prayer that I didn't really want to bend to the Lord's will. I still wanted Him to, to meet me at my will. I was praying, but it wasn't really praying. It was more of demanding. And in hindsight, I realized that. So God, He didn't bend to my will, but I did notice that as I started to see the fullness of His Word in my life, I realized that His plans truly were greater than anything I had asked for in my prayers previously. Even if His plans led to a painful, refining season for me, I still came out of the hardship as a greater reflection of Christ, and He turned my trials into testimonies. I'm going to say that again. He turned my trials into testimonies. I saw a quote the other day that said, you are most likely living in one of your previous prayers. And that's so true. For years, I I prayed for stability. I prayed for a home. I prayed for a husband. (laughs) Shout out to anyone else out there who was praying for their future husband. Um, Now that I'm here living out those prayers, I started experiencing a bit of anxiety (laughs) that they were going to be like ripped away by some terrible accident. And we know that we live in a broken world, and and those things do unfortunately still happen today. Every time my husband would leave for work, I would pray, God, protect him, and don't let him, you know, get hit by a drunk driver or anything like that. And if I forgot to pray one morning, I would be overcome with fear that I didn't hold up my end and something would happen. But then I was reminded by Philippians 4, 6 through 7, that says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I felt God remind my mind that you don't need to be anxious about the things that you've prayed for. And I'm going to say that again. You don't need to be anxious about the things you've prayed for. That mom I mentioned earlier who lost her son, of course, God doesn't want to see his people suffer. He doesn't want to see lives lost young. But she is having her prayers answered in her grief. God is still there. He hears her. He sees her. Scripture says that he is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. There's a supernatural exchange that comes when we pray that can be read in the second half of that verse. When we pray, we not only honor God and and um, spend time with him in his presence, but we receive his peace. Our prayers go up and in return, in return, his peace comes down. Our prayers go up and in return, his peace comes down. A spiritual mentor of mine, um, she recently defined the lack of peace as when we try to control things over God. And if you've been feeling a lack of peace lately, my question to you is, how's your prayer life? Try prayer. 
And not just praying for what you want or what you demand of God, but pray that you're willing to follow His will and receive His peace that transcends all understanding. Jesus through the uh, Jesus taught the disciples and saying the Lord's Prayer in Matthew six eleven to say, "Give us this day our daily bread." And this wasn't just in reference to communion or food itself, but it was acknowledgement that God can and will meet all of our daily all of our daily needs, and we don't need to panic. I receive a lot of DMs with prayer requests, relationship advice, and so much more, and I'm so I'm so honored. That people trust me enough to to talk to me about these things and to tell me, you know, things about themselves. But truly, I am just another human trying to wage my way through life with God as well. But I always pray first and say, God, if you have a word for this person, use me. You can use me. Give me the word you have for them, and and I will be obedient to to deliver. And nine times out of ten, people are worried about some kind of situation that they prayed about, but it isn't going the way they hoped, or it's still ongoing, and they don't know what will happen. And I just remind them that they don't need to be anxious if they've prayed about it already. And if they are anxious, have you prayed about it yet? Maybe your lack of peace is a lack of prayer. Truly, when we seek God in prayer, it doesn't mean that what we want will happen. It means that we are willing to yield to His plan and trust that He will take care of everything. So now that we've talked about what prayer is and how prayer works, let's talk about how we actually pray. So there's no magical formula to prayer, um, but there are a few biblically-based acronyms that can help us out just in terms of um, structuring our prayer time. So the first one is the ACTS method of prayer, which is A-C-T-S. And it's kind of loosely based on the Lord's Prayer, which I mentioned before in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. So A stands for adoration. And this is when we worship, glorify, and exalt God. So we just recognize His awesomeness. We recognize His glory. We recognize His power. um, And we just say, wow, God. C is confession, which is basically to just repent and confess your sins to God. In 1 John 1, 9, we read that if we confess, He is faithful to forgive. So confessing and repentance is so important in a healthy spiritual life. The next is T, thanksgiving. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known. So if I'm ever asking for something from God, I try to thank Him first and then ask what I need. So for example, if I'm struggling with body image or or something like that, I, I typically start out by saying, thank you, Lord, for this body that I have. Thank you for um, my two legs that I get to experience what it's like to walk and run. Thank you that I wake up in a pain-free body every day. Thank you for the gift of sight, the gift of sound. Um, Just thank you for how you created me, how you knit me together, Lord. But today, God, I just pray that you help me with how I see myself. I pray that um, you can help me see the beautiful creation that I am inside and out the way you see me today, Lord. So that's just kind of an example of how if I'm asking for something, I try to posture a heart of gratitude first. And then the last one is S, supplication. And this is basically where we just ask for our needs and also the needs of others. The next method is the pray method. Original, right? Pray. Um, So P stands for praise. And this is similar to adoration and thanksgiving kind of combined. So we just praise God for His awesomeness and thank Him for everything He's done in our lives. 
And then R is repent, which again, we know is so foundational to the faith and belief in Jesus. A is ask. So ask for what you need from the Lord. Um, Knock and the door will be opened. And Y is yield. Yield to the will of the Lord, not your own will. Make sure that when you're asking from the Lord, it's not conditional asking. Make sure that you're yielded to how He chooses to answer your prayer. So you can tell that both of these methods are really similar and kind of appeal to four main biblical principles and heart postures when it comes to prayer. So the first is to thank God and exalt Him for His goodness. Then repent of your sin and acknowledge His mercy and forgiveness. Then we ask for the things we need in faith that He will answer. And lastly, we yield to His will and allow Him to do a work in our lives. I want to tell another quick story, but my aunt really... um, helped me in my wedding season. I realized in previous episodes, I've been name dropping my husband with no context to who he is. So my husband's name is Solomon and we just recently married. Um, We're about to be married for two months. Woo! Um, But anyways, so when I was sending out our wedding invitations, I was getting back declines and it was like a knife in the heart. I was like, why did they decline? You know, and none of it was out of malice. We planned a wedding in three months. So for some people, they just genuinely couldn't make the timeline work. For other people, they were like, out of the country. So understandable, right? But I was taking these declines so personally. And I was talking to my uh, my wife. I was talking to my aunt about it. I'm a wife. Don't have a wife. Have a husband. Anyway, I was talking to my aunt about it. And she said, Addie, you have to recognize that when you extend an invitation, you're also giving them the invitation to decline. You can't send out an invitation with an expectation of a yes and then get upset when you an invitation is you extending a yes or a no. And I was like, wow, you're right. I can't take this personally because I'm I'm extending them the invitation to say no. And I think the same kind of goes for our prayer life. When we pray to, pray to God, it's not with a contingent, but this is how you have to answer, or I'm not going to pray to you anymore because I don't trust you. That's not how it works. When we pray, We have to leave the room for God to answer that prayer how He sees best. If we trust that He truly is the greatest, that He truly is the most powerful, that He truly created us and everything around us that we see, then we have to trust that when we pray, He's going to answer it according to our good, the good of our lives and His glory. So when I was just starting out in my prayer life, I kind of want to shift to um, praying for others now, but I felt so overwhelmed by my own situation and struggles that I had a really hard time praying for others. I felt constantly overwhelmed by my own life and truly, I just, I couldn't find the time to pray for others because I was so overwhelmed and there's just no other way to say it. But as I learned to trust God more, my heart postured away from my needs and I began to focus more on the needs of others. That's not to say that if you're going through something, you are a bad or a selfish person if you're um, needing prayer in your situation, but I think it's a natural faith inclination to intercede for others. And truly, I found my own needs being met as I prayed for the needs of others. So I really understand why Scripture talks about prayer and the importance of praying over one another, especially in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's because that there is a there's a transformation. There is a heart transformation that comes when we pray and when we pray, especially for others. I think 
too often we say kind of as a, a nicety, I'll pray for you about that or sending prayers. But truly, my prayer life exploded when I just stopped and prayed for people in the moment. I think that is so so effective and that like moves hearts that changes lives not by anything i'm doing but because we allow christ to move and we don't forget right we don't forget to pray for that person how i'm guilty of this about how often do we say we're going to pray for something and we don't so i've tried to just kind of like stop drop and roll stop drop and pray you know um in the moment i think Sometimes vent sessions can get a little too out of hand when we know that what we can really do is not just be that listening ear, but also be um, that prayer war- warrior for our friends. So, First Timothy two one tells us to intercede for everyone. Prayer is not the least we can do, but it's truly the best we can do for someone. It is the greatest gift that we have, and we get to use it for others. I want to leave you with one final verse and thought. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Here we read, God is still good, even when our circumstances are not. Now I'm going to say that again. God is still good, even when our circumstances are not. We live in a broken world. God doesn't want to see us in pain, but I guarantee you He is going to turn that pain into purpose. He is going to turn your trial into a testimony. He is with you. And the evidence of suffering is not evidence of the lack of God. The evidence of suffering is the evidence of a good and gracious God who's going to walk with us through it. And my life is a living testimony to that. And I guarantee if you allow the Lord's space to do that in your life, instead of putting expectations and demands and uh, ultimatums on Him, He will work so beautifully in your life. He will turn your trial into a testimony. So it's through that that verse I just read, it's technically um, 16 through 18, so a few verses, but we read that God is good when our circumstances are not, and we always have a reason to rejoice. We are to never stop praying, and this is the will of God in our lives because of what Jesus did for us. What a beautiful picture of how God wants us to understand the framework for His design and how we fit into it with Him. We are painted into the picture of God's masterpiece. So friend, I don't know what you're praying for today. I don't know where you feel like God is failing you, but I promise you he hears you and he's there. He's not failing you. He is faithful. Scripture calls God El Roy, which means he hears, he sees, he knows you. He knows you so deeply. He has counted the hairs on your head. I hope you have a faith so bold that you know and trust that God hears you, He loves you, and He doesn't want to see you suffer and that there is purpose for your pain, but mostly that He is answering you according to His perfect plan. Not your perfect plan because we don't have perfect plans. How often do we dig ourselves into a deep, deep hole? There were times that I prayed in my life previously, God, I want to marry this person. And he said, no, sister. And I'm so thankful he did that. But at the time, I was heartbroken because I was like, God, I love him. And he said, but I have one. I have one later. (laughs) So just trust. Trust that he is ahead of you. 
that guy that I said I wanted to marry back then, it's through that breakup that I drew closest to Christ, went into ministry, and then am now married to a man of God that I couldn't have dreamt up in my life before. And that whole testimony is coming in a later podcast episode. But just trust that His plans are perfect and there is purpose in, in the pain. If you're in a place where your faith is weak and you're questioning God because you haven't heard from Him in regards to your prayer, I want to encourage you by saying He's already spoken. So often we say that God is silent, but we can't say that God has been silent when our Bibles have been closed. There are so many reassurances in Scripture, and sometimes He's just waiting for you to seek them. Sometimes He's just waiting for you to open up that Bible and allow Him to show you something that maybe you haven't humbled yourself to look for before. We can't say that God has been silent when our Bibles have been closed. He has already spoken. If you're struggling now, I just pray that intercessors in your life seek you out and are able to uplift you during this time. I truly believe God is here. And when I pray these prayers through this podcast, I, I know He hears and I know He's with you and He's with me. But there's nothing like having that Christ-centered community in your life who can just stop and pray with you. There is nothing like the sisterhood of Christ and the brotherhood of Christ, the body of Christ, God's family. And so I want to encourage you to seek that out today. Go ask someone for prayer if you need it. Go ask questions of your pastor if you're wrestling with God, like Jacob. He wrestled with God and God gave him a limp. God is, he is not playing around. He gave him a limp to remind him of his weakness and his deep need for God after their wrestling match. He was like, oh, you thought you were strong? Come here, boy. <laughs> Let me put you in your place. And he did. And Jacob walked away saying, wow, okay, I trust you, God. You really are that powerful. You really are here because you came down from heaven to wrestle me. So you've been listening. Maybe you're in the place where you're wrestling with God right now. Maybe he's giving you a limp to remind you to rely on him. You feel a hurt. He wants to heal that hurt in your life. Ultimately, we'll go through seasons of deep trust and active prayer, and then we'll go through seasons of difficult, dry prayers, dry spiritual life, dry worship. But scripture says that he can bring dry bones back to life. And no matter where you're at today, I, I hope this episode has encouraged you to trust in the Lord who cares for you so, so deeply. Give him the room in your life to work out your trials and turn them into testimonies. Give him the room in your life to answer his prayer, to answer your prayers according to his perfect plan and not your own. Stay blessed, sisterhood. I will see you next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope that your prayer life just is ignited this week. I hope you are filled with the Holy Spirit and that you're just on fire for God. Seek him out. He will answer. See you next time. <laughs>